Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Gary Lear. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're going to get started. We're going to open with a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these who have come. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift up the prayer requests of the church and the praises. Lord, we thank you for them and, and pray for continued prayers for those who are in need. Lord, we just pray that you watch over us and guide us and be with us as we go throughout this service. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got a few announcements. I see our numbers are a little bit down tonight. Morning crowd was big, but I think this crowd's afraid we're going to put them to work this week if they showed up tonight. I know how that works. So uh, we're coming into ranch camp week, ranch hand camp week. And, uh, you know, our, our average attendance for ranch hand camp has been about 30 kids. Um, was somewhere around 15 head of horses or something like that, maybe up to upwards of 17, 18 head. And it's always been controlled chaos for the most part. It's our third, coming into our third year, our first year was kind of rough. Our second year was much better. But this year is unique because as of right now, well, let's see, as of this morning, we had 69 kids signed up. Then we lost two. And then I was told we gained six. So, I don't know. Stop applauding. No, we should applaud. So, uh, and, and 41 head of horses, the last count I heard. So, Mike, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, so, we've got a big camp ahead of us. And uh, for all of you who are, who are going to help and volunteer this week, uh, we appreciate it. We need you, so rest up. And uh, for those of you who can't volunteer this week, we need your prayers, and I, I mean that. Uh, it's it's going to be a long three days, I think, and uh, we're expecting all kinds of different issues. You just never know. Most of these kids we don't know, and their parents we don't know, so we, we really don't know what to expect. But, uh, you know, my wife has been uh, trying to keep up with emails and, and uh She's worked her tail off this week, and Linda has worked her tail off this week amongst the rest of you who are preparing, and we appreciate all you've done. Um, so that's coming up. Now, we've got over here, we've got our silent auction items that are uh, up for bid. It looks like there is a lot of good stuff there. So uh, make sure if there's anything there you're interested in, you get over and put a bid in on it. That stuff will go help fund our camp. And uh, our camp budget was looking pretty good. So, by the way, we, we everything everybody voted on last week passed, and the budget passed and everything. And so the camp budget was looking pretty good until we realized we had 41 head of horses, and we're going to have to buy about another 20 panels. So uh, make sure you get over there and bid on some stuff, and that will help offset the cost. That's what that's for. Uh, and it's always every year helped out a whole bunch with camp. So we've got camp coming up. And then, since we're going to be exhausted next Sunday after all of our events, you know, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're, I'm expecting probably between three and 400 people if all those kids show up in church on Sunday morning because the parents, along with our con congregation and whatnot, I'm expecting to be about 
that many. And so we'll probably be doing church outdoors, either in the arena or in a round pen next Sunday morning. Uh, and that'll be our only church service of the day. So um, that'll be 10 o'clock, just like normal. Then we're going to have a free barbecue afterwards for everybody. Um, and then we'll be doing demonstrations in the arena for the kids to show off what they've learned at camp. And when that's all done, we can run home and, and shower and come back for a concert. We have the No Hat Band going to be in concert next Sunday night here at Circle 3. And uh, we've had them before. They were here last year at this time of year, and they do a fantastic job. So tell everybody you know that they need to come out for a free concert here at the church. Uh, they don't charge us anything to come. They, they come for a love offering, so we will. One of the few times we ever pass the hat in this church, but it'll be for their benefit. And uh, we want to make sure you guys come out and uh, see the see the band in, in the concert next Sunday night. We will not be doing a dinner uh, given since we're doing the barbecue, so it'll just be the concert, and, and that's it. And that'll be at 6 o'clock next Sunday night. All right. July... Uh, so we have barrel racing on Monday nights still going on. Uh, so if you're interested in, in the barrel racings, see Jonathan or Mike Goodwin, and they'll get you squared away for that. And those start at 6.30-ish on Monday nights. Uh, on the 4th of July, we've got a, uh, a team rope in here, a jackpot rope in here at 6. I think she's going to do it around 6.30 evening in the evening, or 6 o'clock in the evening. But uh, we will have a jackpot rope in here. So if you're looking for something to do since there's no fireworks to go see, Come on out here, have a hamburger with us, and, and watch some uh, team roping. Uh, July the 11th, we have Junior Rodeo, and that'll be Tina Greenhall and Amber Wirtz putting that on. They'll be promoting that deal, and then we will have another roping, a jackpot roping, that night at 6 or 6.30, depending on when we get everybody signed in, and uh, that'll be following the, the uh, Junior Rodeo. Then the July the 17th, 18th, and 19th, we have got uh, a roping clinic. If you are interested in learning how to rope or working on your roping skills or you know somebody who would, see Gene Seymour about the roping clinic. We need a certain number of people before we can uh, bring the clinicians in. So uh, make sure you see her and uh, get all the information. And we also, I think we have a flyer up in the back for that. Uh, and then uh, the July, the when was the fair roping happening here? There's another rope. We've got three weeks straight of ropings, I think. Huh? The 25th or 20? I think it was the 22nd, didn't I ask you? I think it was a Wednesday night. We'll get back to you on that, but we will have another roping, and the Sheffields are putting that one on, and it'll be here on that evening in place of the Montrose County Fair roping, which has been canceled because of the corona, whatever it is. Um, let's see, ladies Bible study is still going on on Wednesday mornings at 9.30 here at the church. Ladies Zoom Bible study will resume on July the 8th at 6.30 and go till 8. And uh, that's assuming that uh, Stacy's done honeymooning or whatever it is she's been doing since and they're celebrating her 20 years. It, it really, the celebration should be for Jeremy for having to live with her for 20 years. Okay, so no Bible study this week because of the setup for Ranch Hand Camp. That's right. So we will be setting up for Ranch Hand Camp on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. So if you're interested in coming over and helping get set up, we got tents. we got all kinds of stuff to get done. So that will start at 9 o'clock on Wednesday morning. Um, let's see. We've got coffee mugs if you're new. So if there's a coffee mug for you or a backpack for the kids if you've not been here before. 
Okay, before I let the kids go, uh, today is Father's Day. Congratulations, all of you fathers. It's your day. And if we have all of our fathers in the building, if you will stand up, we have a little something we want to give to you. So for our fathers to stand, you bet. Jim, you're a father. You may not want to claim him, but we know he belongs to you, so you better stand up. So, you know, this week, I was out in the arena on my horse on Thursday night, I guess, when we were doing the roping, and, and uh, Steve got up, as he does for all of our events, and had us point to the flag, and he said the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm going to say the Pledge of Allegiance again tonight, so if you guys want to stand and... <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And as he said that, and we repeated just as you guys did, the thought crossed my mind, are we really the United States anymore? Are we united, one people, under God, indivisible? Doesn't seem as though we are, does it? Things have changed. We live in a drastically different country, different world, than we did at Christmas time, which was just a few months ago. Things have changed and are changing at a rapid, rapid pace. And where they're headed, I have no clue. I mean, ultimately I know where they're headed. And there's a lot of discussion out there. Is this, are we, are we? Right there at the end times, are we coming up? Well, we've been at the end times ever since Jesus went to heaven. That's been about 2,000 years now. So I don't know. I'm not a setter of times. I have no clue exactly when the trumpet will blow. But the worse things get down here, the sooner I wish it would blow. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what, what we're in for. I really don't. Is the United States going to stand much longer or will we become a an anarchy or a who knows what I worry for you young people I really do but you know there's hope the hope is in Jesus Christ how do you hurt an enemy you really want to hurt an enemy let's just say there's somebody out there that you know you can't whip but you still want to get at them now, I'm not promoting that, by the way, guys. So don't you guys go out and say, well, that preacher down there told me I could do this. No, I'm just asking a simple hypothetical question. I don't let it be a secret that I've watched the series Yellowstone, which, by the way, is probably airing here in a few minutes, but I'll wait until tomorrow. The first, first uh, episode of season three. But last year in the episode, one of the episodes, they were... They were, uh, there was a battle going on between the ranchers and some businessmen, and the businessmen said, let's take him out, let's hurt him. The way to hurt him is to, to go after the ones he loves the most. Think about that. So they kidnapped his grandson, the rancher's grandson. And if you watch the movie, that was a dumb thing for them to do, but that's a different story. But if you, if you really want to get at somebody, you go after something that they care about, especially if you don't think you can just whip them toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Satan can't whip God. Can't do it. Matter of fact, he's already been whipped by God, and his, 
His future is set. He knows what his future will be. He will be bound to hell for eternity. That's his punishment for what he did all those years back and for what he's doing now. So what's he trying to do? Well, he's trying to hurt God by screwing up his creation, by going after who he loves the most. Well, we know in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The world. So the world then is under attack by Satan. And that's what we're witnessing today. Utter chaos. It's not just in America, it's everywhere. And the weapon that seems to be the one being used is the weapon of division. See, you don't have to go out and use guns. You don't have to go out and drop bombs, create chaos. You just simply start dividing people by whatever means you can find to divide them over. I don't like Jim's shirt, so he's a bad guy. And that little girl over there has been mean to me, so she's out too. Cadence was late, so she's out. Whatever it may be, we're dividing, we're being divided as many times over as we can, for as many reasons as we can. We're being divided over our politics. We're being divided over our dress. We're being divided over whether or not we wear a mask. And I can assure you folks, the day is coming when this coronavirus vaccine comes out, we'll be divided over those of us who have taken immunization and those who haven't. Well, I don't take the flu shot and I don't intend to take the coronavirus shot either. Worst case of flu I ever got was in basic training after they gave me the flu shot. Thinking, what's the point? So I'm not doing it. But I tell you right now, I hear things that are coming down the pipe and that'll be a, a, a way of dividing us. Those of us who don't take the shot will be looked at as high risk or bad or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's coming. We're being divided. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been asleep or sleeping. We're there, guys. You know, most of the book of 2 Peter is a warning of what's to come. And if you don't think that we're already there right now, and we're there on a world level, then you're, then you're, you must have your whole uh, head in the hole in the ground because it's going on. False prophets, false teaching, destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord, bringing swift destruction on themselves. And it says many will follow their depraved conduct. Isn't that happening? Our young people are being indoctrinated by this stuff. Indoctrinated by it. Taught to believe that the police are bad. 
taught to believe that if your skin color is one or the other, that somehow you are deprived of something. Taught to believe that there should be no consequences to your actions. Taught to believe all these things. They're being indoctrinated. We don't longer send our kids off to college for an education. They're getting an indoctrination. I guarantee you those kids do not come back from college thinking the right, the way about life as they did before they went. They just don't anymore. Be careful where you send them. I highly recommend sticking to Christian colleges who hold to Christian values. But that's what's happening in the world. See, if you can change the minds of a generation, you can change the world. That's been going on for a long time. But it's coming to fruition now. We're seeing it. I have relatives who are young, and I'm seeing and hearing things come from them that I can't believe. Things that our family never taught. But they've been indoctrinated by the people that they hang out with and by the people who we have entrusted to educate them. And that's what's happening. The problem is, is the indoctrination is coming, I'm not going to say from one political party or the other, but it's truly coming from Satan. Because Satan is the great deceiver. He's the one that's out there. This is Satan that's causing all of this that Peter's talking about. And it's Satan that's causing everything that we see now. The division. God is not in the business of dividing people. Satan is. God is not in the, in the business of chaos and violence. Satan is. And it's time we open our eyes and see the world for what it is and what's going on. Why? So we can be ready when that trumpet does sound. I don't want any of you guys to go to heaven and say on the day of judgment, well, Lord, I didn't know. That preacher down there, you know, that you sent us at Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship, well, he was an idiot and he didn't tell me. Well, I may be an idiot, but you can't say I haven't told you. I don't want anybody to go and not know what's happening in the world today. But that's what's happening. Satan's time is drawing near. One of the most effective ways to divide people is by race. That's what they're doing. Everything is race this and race that. You're a racist if, you know, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist, according to some. If you don't wear a mask, you're a racist. If you don't go get that immunization, eventually you'll be a racist once they have an immunization. If you don't go along, if you wear a hat like Cadence is wearing, you must be a racist, because only racists wear hats like that. You, buy, you bet. And I'm saying, I don't believe that way. The world is getting to that point. The word racist has become a, a weapon that they use anytime they don't think you go along with what, if you don't believe in global warming, you're a racist. I mean, on and on and on. That's what the world is doing right now. That's what Satan is causing. So I thought, you know, I used to know what the word racist means, but things are changing so fast, I don't know what's right or wrong. As a matter of fact, Peter said that even the truth, what was the word he used? Will be in disrepute. And it is. What's the truth now? 
what's really going on. Uh, Stacy was first telling me, and Jeremy was first telling me about this. I hadn't heard about it because I hadn't been listening to the news, but this mess out in Seattle last week. When you talked about it, they were calling themselves Chaz, but this week they've changed it to CHOP, whatever that's supposed to mean. Protest. Protest, yeah. And so I had never heard about this. She said they were going to honeymoon there. I don't know. I hope that wasn't true. Yeah, you did. That, that was the truth. <laughs> so, so after church Sunday night, I went home and, and Googled it, started looking it up. And it is amazing the different reports about what's going on there. Depending upon the news programming that you read, oh, it's just peaceful protest and, you know, it's a, it's a summer of love community and everybody loves everybody and all this and this and that. And then there's other reports that say, well, there's armed guards. They're denying emergency services into the people. Basically, the people are being held hostage. That they're beginning now to create their own uh, monetary system. And that they are actually think they're their own country. If it was that easy, why in the heck hasn't the western slopes seceded from Colorado already? That's what I say. I would vote for that. So, <laughs> yeah. But I don't really know what's going on there. I tried to find the truth. And I think every side twists the facts to their advantage. So, what's truth? Well, Jesus is truth. I know that. The Word of God is truth. But what's going on in the world today, it's hard to even know. It's such a confusing mess. I don't know what's politically correct or what's not politically correct anymore. The other day, I stopped in Subway in Olathe to get a sandwich. And I'm sitting there minding my own business, wondering what veggies I was going to have put on my sandwich. And this lady over here turns around and apologizes to me. And I had hardly even noticed her, her there. But she says, oh, I was too close. She was within, apparently within six feet of me. And I said, I really don't care, and I'm tempted to hug you. Now, I don't really like to hug people, especially strangers, but I was trying to make a point. I, I told her, I said, I don't know what's right or wrong anymore. I don't know. Stand there, don't stand. It doesn't matter to me. It's just gotten that bad that we don't even know what's right or wrong anymore. And as I look at this mess, I don't see how this plays out. I can't. I can't figure out how this is going to play out. If Trump gets elected, it might get worse. If Trump doesn't get elected, it will get worse. And Trump's only got four more years, so electing Trump might just kick the can down the road four more years, but it's here, and we need to know it. I appreciate his efforts, but I think draining the swamp was going to take a bigger pipe than what even he thought. But this race stuff is just, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of hearing about it. So I thought, you know, I'm going to look up the definition. Because I'm a definition guy. What's the definition of the word race? R-A-C-E. Well, there's a couple different meanings. Well, obviously a race is what they do around the barrels out here tomorrow night. That's a race. The English language, we're pretty limited really when you think about it compared to other languages. I'm not a ling language expert but, you know, we use the same word to mean several different things. 
My wife uses the word idiot. And I don't know if she's referring to me or somebody else. Actually, I've never heard her say that word. But then the race, the number two definition. Number one is it's a breeding of stock animals, a breed of stock animals. So apparently, if you've got cows and they're all Herefords, that is a race. You've got hogs and they're all Duroc, that is a race. I have a race of basset hounds that live in my house right now. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. So apparently that's a race. I did not realize that definition was there. Another definition is a family, tribe, people, or nation belonging to the same stock. So this little family group right up here, these two girls and their mother, are a race because they belong to the same genetic stock and were divided amongst families. And then a class or kind of people unified by shared interests, habits, or characteristics. And that covers a lot of different areas. So as a church, we all believe in God. We share the same interests in Jesus. That makes us a race. Then, of course, we're divided by whether or not we are black, white, brown, yellow, pink, whatever. That makes us a race. So when you think about race, it's a pretty diverse term. Because there are a lot of different groups that are considered racist. So if you can start getting racial division, you have a lot of power to divide people. And we're seeing more and more racial division. Not just blacks versus whites or browns or, 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 or Hispanics versus whatever. We're seeing more and more racial division. We're seeing division amongst gender. You know, you used to be able to see someone who was dressed nice and say, ma'am, you look really nice today. You better not do that anymore or it might get turned against you. Now you'd be a pervert because they're creating racial division amongst gender. They're creating racial division, like I said, in politics, skin color, etc. See, I always used to think of racism as being something that was just done between skin color, but it's much more broad than that when you look at the definition of the word race. So racism, the definition of the word racism, according to Webster's, is a belief that a race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. And then the other de definition is racial prejudice or discrimination. And to me, that's what I always thought racism was. But when you think about race, being the broad term that it is, applying to church folks or families. Now all of a sudden, racism really is kind of a bigger deal. You know, if you listen to the media, they want you to think that racism, as it pertains to social racism amongst groups of people, pretty much colored folks are the victims and, and nobody else is. You know, black lives matter. Well, I'm not promoting one or the other. To me, all lives matter. Christian lives matter. Sinners' lives matter. School kids' lives matter. Black lives matter. Brown lives matter. Pink lives All racial, all lives matter. Except bull elk during hunting season. 
and the occasional largemouth bass. That's right. They matter so that we can have them for our consumption. But I, I recognize that racism is a problem in this country. I recognize that black people have been discriminated against. I know for a fact Christians are discriminated against. Watch TV once in a while. You ever see how Hollywood portrays Christians as a bunch of freaks? That's what the world thinks of us, a bunch of freaks. Just watch, watch it on, once in a while. Christians are always made out to be just a bunch of dimwits on, on secular television. Simply by saving the, 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 the going out and promoting Black Lives Matter, well, isn't that racist within itself? By saying that Black Lives Matter, but police lives don't matter. Apparently, they don't seem to think so. You know, we've had police officers killed recently, and there has been no arrests made. I remember a time you killed a cop, and it was open season on that guy until they caught him. Now, they're not even going after them. Somehow, as if they are justified in killing somebody for wearing the uniform. Because of a couple bad actors? Yes, there are bad cops. There are bad doctors. There are bad preachers. Hope I'm not one of them. There are bad people in all walks of life. But that doesn't mean everybody is bad. You have a bad preacher, that don't mean it's all right to go out and kill all preachers. Do we realize that, I, I, I listened to a report last night, police officers all across this country are walking off the job. Walking, and I don't blame them. If our politicians won't pull their head out of where the sun don't shine and stand up and defend these guys, no, they're appeasing the mobs. They're not... They're, they're looking for votes is what they're looking for. They're not, they're not standing behind the men and women that they trained, that they hired to do a job. If I was a cop, I'd probably quit too. I'm the type of personality to think, you know what, if you can get it done without me, more freaking power to you and I'd turn in my badge right now. That's, that's the kind of guy I am. Keep that in mind if you ever have me build you a house. If you think you can get it done, I'll be happy to pack my tools up. And I've done it. But do you realize what this country is going to turn into if the cops stand down? They all quit? Civil war? Absolute, utter chaos? I mean, the cities are already seeing a little bit of it, but it will spread throughout this country like you can't even imagine. We're pretty sheltered here in Montrose. It'll come here. You may find yourself having to stand your ground and defend yourself with a gun just to keep your family safe. It could get that bad. I'm not advocating for violence. I don't want violence. But the chaos that is coming if things don't turn around. If we don't stop giving in to divisions, if we don't stop with racism, as I just defined it, 
meaning looking at people based on how they dress or who they vote for or what their political stance is or what kind of a hat they wear or if we don't stop looking at each other that way we're gonna descend into absolute chaos first Samuel tells us God says I don't see man the way man sees man I look at the heart of a man God does not look at a man by how he's dressed you know how many people who call themselves Christian would be totally offended the fact that I'm up here preaching in a white t-shirt and wearing my hat I don't think God cares what I'm wearing he just told me make sure you wear something because you can't do that to those people But it's time that we stop looking at each other the way mankind looks at each other and we start looking at each other the way God looks at each other. And I know that there has been racism. I've seen it. I've been a victim of it, but I've also been guilty of it. I have. My family, we grew up with that in our family. Part of it was given the times that this country was in. You know, my, my folks were teenagers of the 60s when there was a lot of racism. And being from the South, it was rampant. And I remember my first experience where I saw racism. Because, you know, when you accept it and when it's just part of who you are and you don't have a problem telling a, an off-color joke or, 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 or saying something derogatory about somebody just based on their color, you don't think nothing of that. But I remember one time we were visiting family down in Memphis, Tennessee. I have an uncle down there. And we were all out as kids playing in the driveway and out on the street there. They lived in town. That was kind of a new thing for us to play in the road. We were taught if you play in the road, you're going to get mucked over. So we never did that. But in town, I guess it was all right. So we were all out there and all the neighborhood kids were around. And, and I don't know, we were playing ball. We were riding bikes and carrying on. And, and it's Memphis. So obviously there was some colored kids there mixed in and we were all just playing together not thinking a whole lot about anything just doing kids stuff pretty soon we were all called to come in the house to have dinner and all the white kids were invited in and all the little black kids had to go home and I remember thinking well I'm glad I'm not one of them and then I thought how unfair is that they're just kids like us we were just playing together so I understand that and I told a story this morning where, where racism on my behalf, I made a poor decision because of it. And this is a story that I had never told until this morning. But when I was 19 years old, I had gone to work in town in the evenings at a restaurant, and I had made friends in town. And, and uh, there was one little gal who I made friends with, and, and all we were was friends. But she had a white mother and a black father, and her dad was a... Uh, a reputable pastor in town. They lived in a really good neighborhood. And, and you know, I mean, and we were friends. And, and, and I would go in and, and eat my dinner before my shift would start. And, and they would allow us to do that. And it, the employees kind of had to sit in a closed off area so you weren't taking up space for the customers. And so most of the time, she and I sat together because we were going on shift about the same time. And we visited, and we had fun, and we talked and carried on just like friends would do. There was no boyfriend, girlfriend, nothing. It was just friends. And one night, she said something about we need to go out sometime. How she kind of wanted to go on a date with me. 
and I just blew it off. Not because she wasn't pretty, because she was very pretty. Not because her skin was too dark, because truth be told, I'd been in the hay fields all summer long on an open cab tractor, and my skin was about two or three shades darker than hers was. It was because of her dad's skin. And instead of going out on a date with her, I started dating another girl who wasn't near the caliber. She had white parents, but she, she didn't, her family didn't believe in God. She wasn't as pretty. I made a dumb decision based on my prejudice. We can't do that, folks. We can't judge each other that way. Now, as, as I told the group this morning, I have no regrets because God's given me the perfect woman and that's all in the past. But we can't go through life judging each other either by the color of our skin or the way we dress or the way we talk. You know how many Christians today would have a fit if they had a microphone in this church and heard all the cussing that goes on in here? And I guarantee there's a lot of them that have a fit if they had a microphone on my body and heard the cussing that comes out of my mouth once in a while. We can't judge each other, but God knows my heart. He knows your heart. We have to look at each other the way God looks at each other and stop it. Because if we continue down the path of judging each other based on race, one, one form of race or the other, we are playing into the hands of Satan who is using race as a dividing means to create chaos in this world. And we've got to stop it. We can't, as Christians, we can't do that. We can't go along with that. I remember growing up, Interracial marriage was a real problem for my family and my grandpa who was a good godly man would always use 2 Corinthians chapter 6 14 Do not be unevenly yoked And that's I, I remember the church. I remember all of them. They would always say well that means that you can't marry a black person What I never understood was it was all right to marry a, an Asian person or an Indian Shoot, I'm part Indian, so somewhere in my life, there was an Indian marrying a white guy to get me, finally. That was all okay, but for whatever reason, if they had African descent, well, that wasn't okay. Do you guys know Miriam, Moses' wife, was black, Ethiopian. Ethiopians were black in the Bible because the Bible talks about can an Ethiopian change his color, referring to the different color they were. I'm not advocating for interracial marriage, guys. I'm not advocating for anything but treating each other the way we want to be treated and looking at each other the way God looks at us. And stop judging. Because if we do it, we're going right along with the world. And the next thing you know, we'll be divided. And I won't want can Cadence in the building because she wears a dumb hat. And your hat's not dumb. You have a real cute hat, by the way clarify that. Isn't she a cute kid? She is a cute kid. Good little, good little barrel racer and stuff too. Folks, the Lord's put this on my heart today because I see what's going on in the world around us. And as Christians, we have to set ourselves apart from the rest of the world. We have to be different than what's going on around us. We have to hold to Christian values. We have to obey the word of God when it says treat each other the way we want to be treated. 
That's the point of my message today. I'm not advocating for one thing or the other other than for the Word of God. Okay, with that being said, we're going to serve communion now. It's that time of year. We do this quarterly. Oh, and I'm supposed to play a song, wasn't I? Didn't I do that this morning? And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening. Lord, we thank you that you sent your Son. 
be our sacrificial lamb to die on the cross, to have his body broken and his blood spilled for us, for the cleansing of our sins. Lord, I just thank you for all you've done for us. And Lord, as we enter these troubling times in our world, I just pray for strength for those of us who call ourselves your children and that you will continue to give us strength to combat the evil that seems to be happening all around us. Lord, I just pray that you watch over and guide us and keep each and every one of us close to you. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we go to our fellowship time. Thank you, Jesus, for the food we're about to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time. Thank you.